I am really grateful this week to have had an opportunity to take a deeper look and also to revisit something that I had not thought about in a while that is very formative, uh, at least in my experience, and it has been very, very healing for me to to take a second look at this. Or I'm sure it's it's it, there's probably been more than this is probably not just the second look, but anyway. I wanted to speak about a couple of experiences I had this week in particular, and they were very similar, but they were also very different, and what ended up happening was that I got an opportunity to slow things down and take a really much of a closer look at what happens when I receive communications or input from people that felt like somehow they were projecting their view of what they thought I was saying or who they thought that I was or what I was trying to get across. And in one of these cases, it was more along the lines of someone who I have known for a very, very long time and uh, keep in touch with periodically that made some assumptions about how they thought that I was based on how I was or how I, uh, you know, how I dealt with life 10, 15, 20 years ago. And it was very interesting to see what actually happened in my mind when these communications were received. The most important thing I want to say in both of these situations are that these were communications from people that I love and respect and feel like I have learned a lot from both of them and have appreciated the uh, what I have learned from them and to be able to benefit from their experiences. But what is so interesting about this is that, and I will, I will basically, there's no need necessarily for me to go into the story about these or what exactly, uh, what transpired, but it was very interesting how I was able to, when these communications were received, and luckily in these situations, I was aware pretty quickly of what was going on and what I really feel like it would be important, or not important, but hopefully helpful to speak about would be, first of all, to speak about what actually was going on in my mind when I received these communications And then also contrast that with how I would have responded or reacted to this five years ago, ten years, even two years ago, five years ago, ten years ago, because it's this. And the only reason I would say that there's any difference in the way that I responded to this or reacted to it, and there were some similarities too, I'll speak about that also. The only reason I am making this comparison about how I would have reacted or responded years ago has everything to do with my mindfulness practice. Otherwise, I'd feel no need to even speak about this. And it's really, to me, is a very powerful example of how just a normal, average, everyday human being like myself uh, can benefit from this practice that's available to all of us. And so I have no special innate gifts and no advantages in terms of uh, being able to have control of my mind going into this practice So what I would say is, is that when I received these communications, it was very interesting how as soon as I received them, 
and I read through them the first time that I already, I did see subtle, I did have a subtle sense that some buttons were being pushed. Uh, and I want to also be very clear about that. Mindfulness practice does not change us so that we are magically uh, unaffected by things that people say to us or things that people do to us or situations that happen. Uh, it, it does not make us immune from that. What it really does at a deeper level is that it is a way of training the mind or practicing being able to be more non, you know, to be able to be more non-reactive, to be able to be more non-judgmental, to just simply sit with. I always love that phrase. There was one of my earliest meditation and mindfulness teachers always used that phrase to sit with something. And to me, I don't have to necessarily be necessarily be physically sitting with it, but I can just be with whatever it feels like wherever I find myself however I find myself in whatever situation that may be. And when I received these communications, I felt, I definitely felt it pushing buttons. And one of the benefits of the practice is that, that over time, as we continue the practice, we begin to, to see certain thought patterns that come up around certain things that trigger us in some way. And it can be being triggered mildly. It can be, you know, being triggered very, very heavily. There's things, you know, that we start to see repetitive patterns because of the fact that we're paying attention to how our mind is reacting to what happens to us. And it's beautiful how it starts to uncover things that happen that we find ourselves reacting a certain way when this happens. And so... It was interesting to be able to look at these communications with, I guess, what I would refer to as fresh eyes. In other words, I saw and read what I was reading, but at the same time, I caught myself starting to actively interpret what I was reading. And as soon as I did that, I became aware very quickly that there was some need for me to interpret the communications. And to me, that was my first signal that if I needed to analyze this, if I needed to reread it or reread part of it, and it's so amazing how this works. Uh, as soon as I knew that, I could immediately let go of the need to interpret it. I could let go of the need to analyze this. And what I found is that in, in communications from other people, and this may not be for everyone, so I can only speak to my own experience, that there is this tendency to, uh, to read this through the lens of my own identity. And I don't want to sit here and say that there's some magical way to completely dissociate and depersonalize to the point of not having an identity or a personality. Clearly, there are practices, and mindfulness practice is one of them, and there are other healing modalities that can help us soften and let go a little bit of the intense clinging to these ident to this identity that we carry around and these beliefs that we carry around and these notions about who we are and what we're about and what we expect from people and what we what we won't accept from people. Uh, we can begin to let go of those things because really what I found is these are just thoughts in my head. These are just notions. These are just thought forms. And what I found myself doing when I read these communications was that as
as soon as I realized there was this analysis going on, it's kind of like a program being tripped on or being, you know, triggered and coming online that I was able to first realize that it was coming online. And then I could realize that I was starting to think thoughts and there's nothing magical about this. It was just when I say this was coming online, all of a sudden I was starting to look for something. It's kind of one of those, the old adage, one of my gurus had taught me many years ago, whatever it is that I'm looking for, if that's what I'm looking for and I think that's what's going on, that's all I'm going to see, no matter what. I'm, I'm, I'm already convinced that someone is calling me out, someone is offending me in some way, someone is criticizing me, and as someone who struggled for all of my life, uh, and I'm not going to say I'm completely over it now, uh, I've always been the kind of person that will get my, can and sometimes do, get my feelings hurt really, really easily. And I'm going to be going to be completely vulnerable and open because I feel like that's the only way I can be on this uh, on this mode of communication about my journey is that I have been the kind of person that when someone says something and it comes across as harsh criticism or I think they're harshly criticizing me or calling me out or calling into question something about me that I will very quickly cease communications. I have been that person. Uh, where I just literally cut people out of my life. I, you know, I get my feelings so hurt that I got to a point where I woke up one day and there were very few people left because I could always find some sort of reason why someone hurt me or why someone insulted me or offended me. And it's, it's human, but it's also in some ways very tragic and sad. And I'm saying that kind of giggling a little bit because all I can really do in terms of being able to heal from this is to laugh at my own human silliness. To laugh at my own, as my, t- as my guru and teacher used to say, to laugh at my own predicament of being human. And it's really the truth. And so what I found is that I really don't want to cut people out of my life. I want to be able to be spacious enough. I want to be open enough. And I've also realized and I've learned and mindfulness practice has helped with this that the more I practice actively, the more I am mindful on my feet, as I call it, or practicing what I refer to as mindful coping, the more that I'm mindful on my feet in the middle of life while it's all happening actually enables me to be around people and it's not so hard, it's not so difficult. And I know that if I am going to be around people, at some point I I accepted the fact that if I'm going to be around people and really be who I am, authentically in the moment with people and share my journey and and not be who I think people want me to be or who I think I need to be that I think I need to be in order for people to accept me but to actually be myself I found that mindfulness practice has helped because it allows me to interact with people and I can be whoever I am I can say what is coming from my heart and I can be aware of how I may interpret something that they say in response to that. And it's incredible to me. It amazes me how many times that I find myself in a conversation with someone where maybe it's their tone. And there again, it's only because I have developed this long-term habit of paying so much attention 
to people's voice tones, to their inflection, to the way they look at me. It can be, it can be even something that's nonverbal. That if that's if 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 I'm expecting non-acceptance, if I'm expecting that somehow I'm going to be rejected, or not understood, or not appreciated, uh, or criticized, that's what I'm going to find. And it's so amazing how, over the last few years, I found myself having conversations with people that I know in my heart are friends, with people that I know, even if I'm just acquainted with them, and we seem to have a certain resonance. If I feel like there is a certain understanding with people and that I, and I know in my heart for sure that I can be open with people and genuinely be who I am. There are still times when something comes across and all of a sudden it's like my antennas go up. You know, it's like I, I sort of, I feel some sort of vibe. There's something that's registering, but what I'm realizing is, is that it's what's, what's actually registering and it's taken me a long time to realize this, and mindfulness practice has allowed me to finally get some sense of it, because the practice actually, by practicing mindfulness, it slows everything down if I, if I let it. And what I, what I mean by slowing everything down is that if I'm having a communication with someone, or communicating with someone, and they say something in response to something I've said, or it's maybe just an observation on their part, that if I am feeling triggered in any way by it, if I'm paying attention to my mind, it makes it much harder for me to, to swiftly react and say something that I wish that I wouldn't have, or for me to start down the path of internally reacting and suddenly my defenses are up and I just, I know they've insulted me. I know they've doubted me. I know they've criticized me. I don't have to start all, I don't have to gin up that machine, so to speak. In other words, I can be with people and my mind isn't off racing somewhere else thinking these thoughts about how someone has insulted me or criticized me in some way or has not accepted me or rejected me in some way. So it really does slow everything down so that I'm not swept up and ultimately when when that happens, I'm somewhere else. I'm not really here with whoever I'm with in this moment interacting with because I am off somewhere else in this imaginary uh, place that I have created in my own mind where I've decided this is what's happened. I've already made the decision. I'm not even open to considering the possibility that it's been the way, that it's the way that I interpreted it is the reason why it feels this way. The reason why I may be triggered, the reason why my buttons may be pushed is because of something with me. And I have seen this happen so many times and I can't stop it from happening. And there's no self-improvement program that I can find or create uh, that's going to make it where I don't react this way sometimes. But what's beautiful about mindfulness practice is that it can immediately, once I, all I have to do is become aware. It's very simple. It's not easy, but it's incredibly simple and it's incredibly focused if I can just be aware that my mind is reacting to something. And after a while, I've had people that I've shared this with and they, they look at me a little bit in a puzzled way or they'll have a quizzical look on their face to a certain degree. How do I know that? The more that you practice, it's one of those things. I've seen it happen enough that people begin to, there is this moment where suddenly this awareness gets stronger. And the more that we pay attention to it, the more that we're watching our minds and being aware of what we're thinking, 
And it feels a little weird at first because it may feel like we're really spending all of our conscious energy focusing on that. But it, the, the more that we do it, the easier it gets. And the, what ends up happening is that it happens more automatically. I don't always have to be uh, pushing myself to be more aware. I can. It's all of a sudden it's a habit, just like any other habit. I I became some. A teacher said this to me once a long time ago, and it really stuck with me. Uh, I can practice being aware and ultimately be more aware. How did I ever get to be to the? How did I ever get to the point? where I actually was not really aware of what was going on in my mind. At some point along the way, for a long period of time, I practiced that. And it's not that there's anything wrong with me or anyone who, uh, you know, uh, inadvertently or on purpose taught me how to do that. It's just how we're socialized. It's just how, you know, it depends. We're in, to a certain degree, it depends on the culture that we grow up in. Uh, it depends on the way that we, in a, in a social setting, respond to things. And, and deal with incoming stimuli. And so it's, it's just really a matter of what, am I, what, what do I practice? And even if I have spent a lot of my life practicing not being aware of what my mind is thinking and how I'm reacting, I can begin to change that and practice something different. And it's not all going to change right away. Uh, I don't know, it's in, this isn't about achieving some state of nirvana or some state of perfection. It's really actually the opposite of this. It actually allows me to be more fully human because I know that I can just trust and let myself be however I am in each moment and know and have faith in the practice. In other words, I know that if I, if I know that I can practice being more aware of what my thoughts are, I can be more aware of what my thoughts are because it's what I've practiced. As simple as that sounds. I know it's not always easy, but it is something that uh, it is something that is attainable. And so, what I've really found over time has been that once I can slow things down through the practice, then I can begin to start to really unpack some of these things that you know, some of the you know the reasons why I am triggered when I receive communications like this, when I'm so hung up on thinking that I have been insulted or criticized or doubted in some way, or uh, being disrespected, whatever the case may be. It's, it's just whatever, whatever I think is happening is what I, it's, and ultimately whatever I think is happening is happening because I've decided it's happening. It doesn't mean it really is happening. And I'd say probably in, in the majority of cases, what I think is happening, if it's coming from a place of reactivity, if it's coming from a place of, uh, being triggered by some sort of previous trauma or some sort of memory that I've stored in my body, then chances are it isn't. Uh, In some cases, in in a few cases, yes. But even if it is, even if what I think is happening is happening, even if someone really is criticizing me or really is disrespecting me in some way, uh, the beautiful thing is, is that I can, even in the case when that, the cases when that is happening, there's still a need for me to be able to pay attention to my thoughts because I don't want to come from a place of retaliation. Uh, I don't want to escalate anything into some sort of major confrontation. I do want to be able to say my, you know, to say what's on my, in my heart or on my heart. But I know that I, I don't want to do that reactively. I don't want to just blow off steam or, uh, uh, you know, just lash out at somebody because I feel like they've hurt me. 
And the practice really has enabled that. And so what I found through this practice and really to wrap all of this, to, you know, to wrap all this up and bring it all together, it is that ultimately I can more freely be who I am and, and share what I have to share. And when these kinds of things happen, when people are projecting, that's their business. And it took me a long time to understand that as well, that I can't control what everyone thinks of me. I can't prevent people from thinking that I am communicating or coming from any certain perspective. And I also don't have to cut people out of my life or uh, retaliate or hold a grudge against someone because they have projected in some way who they think I am. What I can do is actually ultimately have a conversation with them about it if it's appropriate. Sometimes it may not be. Sometimes it may not be necessary. Uh, It just depends on how open that person is. And the only way I'm going to know that is if I approach my interactions with them mindfully. And first of all, I need to be able to mindfully cope with whatever's happening as far as my reaction to what it is that they've said. I really appreciate these opportunities to take a deeper look at this. And what was so beautiful about it is that I was able to to read the communication and realize that I was reacting to it in some way. And instead of reading it and rereading it and rereading it and you know building up this tension in my body and in my mind about how somehow someone has projected something onto me that uh, their their take of who I am uh, that that may have nothing to do with who I am at all. And it may have nothing to do with what it is I was trying to convey. That I can remember that, first of all, I, I want to be able to, to have some... I can't control my mind, but I certainly want to give myself an opportunity to calm my mind. And I do want to be aware of what I'm thinking because I don't want to believe everything I'm thinking just because the, thought, the, the, the thoughts are mine. And the beliefs that I'm holding on to are mine. I don't want to cling to those just because they belong to me, because they really don't. They're just notions in my head. And I was able to just read these communications and sit with them and really ask myself some questions. In other words, is you know, is there some truth to what they said to me or how they see me? Uh, is there any truth to that? Is there any is there any reason why they would feel that way? And so it became more of a just an intense open questioning and just sitting with it and realizing that I didn't have to lash out. I didn't have to contact them and tell them that I felt like they were completely wrong about what they, about their, their projections of me and what they thought I was doing or not doing. I could just basically sit with it and realize that it's really not up to me to, to uh, escalate this into a confrontation with someone. And that I ultimately had an opportunity to remember that these are people that I love and these are people that I appreciate. And so I was able to spend some time going back to a place emotionally in my own heart where I could remember that these are people that I care about and that I don't want to cut them out of my life just because of the fact that they have said something that for whatever reason felt like it was more of them projecting who they thought I was or what I was trying to say. And I, you know, and, and I didn't have to feel hurt that they really didn't hear me or understand me. 
And maybe part of it is that I didn't make myself clear. And so what's beautiful is I had this opportunity to reflect on all these things in slow motion. Uh, it wasn't coming from a place I, I let go of the reactivity. There's nothing miraculous about that. It just comes from practicing mindfulness. We begin to let go of the need to be reactive. It's, uh, it becomes something that the price that we pay for being reactive is becomes too, too great. It, uh, it becomes too much. Uh, we get ourselves physiologically riled up and upset and highly charged emotionally, and it takes a toll on us and it drains our energy. And so there is another way to be with this. And uh, the, what was really nice about it was that I gave myself some time and I, was, I didn't identify as the person being projected upon. I didn't have to identify myself as the person that uh, felt insulted or hurt or not seen or not heard. I could just sit with whatever it felt like and then realize that it's really people ha- have a right to have their own perspective and that all I really want to do, all I really can do is just as the old saying goes, I can only sweep my side of the street. Uh, my, you know, my business ends with me and all I can really do is try to be the best me that I can be. Uh, and what I found is this practice really does lend itself to that. And that's all I can really do. And the rest is really is other people's business. And, uh, I also can realize that I can love and appreciate myself more as a result of this practice, because I don't have to believe what I think people are saying that I are who that I, who I am or what I am. I can actually, my mind is a little more freed up to actually be more in touch with who I am and to be able to appreciate and to myself and to have a little more self-love. That's really what the practice has been about for me.